Welcome, everybody. Filibuster Freestyle. It is 5.49 in the morning. It is, I don't even know, like February 6th. Yeah, definitely. It's February 6th. And after the theme song, we're going to talk about not one, but four different things that happened in the last, like, five, six days that in years past would have each elicited their own emergency podcast. So we're talking like a four-alarm emergency podcast, at least from a topical standpoint. More to come in a second. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster, freestyle, filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. All right, so as I said, about 10 minutes of six here now. On a Tuesday morning, I said to myself last night, man, I really got to get a podcast in because so much is happening. And in the old days, and the old days just mean, you know, when I spent a lot of my time alone in terms of my free time, you could fire up an emergency pod, especially by yourself, pretty much whenever you wanted. But here I am getting up at like 5.30 just to try to beat the rest of the house waking up. And to be honest, you're probably going to hear the baby monitor and you're probably going to hear some some contributions from Charlotte, our producer, because even though she typically gets up well after 6 o'clock a.m. these days, she was, she's been babbling herself for about five minutes now. So, you know, it's like she, she knows and she wants to be part of the show and that's wonderful. That's, that's the exact reason why even when you get up at 5.30 to try to sneak in an emergency pod on multiple topics that you would in the old days, again, have devoted an entire show to, well, there you go. It's serendipity. It's, it's Charlotte's helping me make my point, which is it's the reason we didn't do a pod on any of these, a full-blown pod with guests or even an emergency pod specifically on any of these subjects is because we didn't have time. And things keep happening that we would have done pods about. So let's go through what those things are. Number one, Theo Epstein, going back to the Red Sox as a part owner of Fenway Sports Group. More on that in a few. Tracy Chapman from the top rope, stealing the show at the Grammys and her 1988 hit, which peaked at number six back in 1988, Fast Car. Overnight became, her version of Fast Car became the number one trending song on iTunes. Good for her. More on that later. Also, before I forget it, Give Me One More Reason, which came out, I believe, in the mid-90s by Tracy Chapman. That actually did peak at number either three, I think number three in 1997. So she had two top ten hits domestically here in the States, one in 1988-89 area and then one in the 86-87 area. And either way, she's got some other great songs too, but Tracy Chapman, again, from the top rope, stealing the show at the Grammys. So that's the second thing that we would have done an individual pot on in years past. Number Number three, Lewis Hamilton, the seven-time Formula One world champion, the all-time leader in Grand Prix victories, 103. News leaked, and then the announcement was confirmed that Lewis is leaving Mercedes F1 team for one of their biggest rivals and the most storied F1 team in the history of the sport, Ferrari, and he's leaving to do this for the 2025 season 
on a multi-year deal. A little bit more on that later. And then the fourth thing, which actually may have been the first thing, or certainly the second thing of the four that I'm making up chronologically, is the passing of the now late, great Carl Weathers. Most know him best as Apollo Creed from Rocky, from the franchise. Several know him as well, or additionally, as Chubbs Peterson, the golf coach for Happy Gilmore in the eponymous Happy Gilmore film, which is a cult comedy classic. It was a huge film when it came out, obviously, with Adam Sandler. He was in Predator. He was he's the star of Action Jackson. He was in a bunch of other stuff. And then very recently, he was in the Mandalorian franchise as part of the Star Wars franchise, working under John Favreau. So we've got a guy who has worked in the Star Wars franchise, worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger on Predator, was integral to the Rocky franchise, and the spinoff Creed movies with Michael B. Jordan. I mean, again, that's, that's Apollo's son. Apollo was obviously passed away in the movies during Rocky IV. But that's how charismatic this guy was. And then again, the, com- the comedic range of, of playing Charles Peterson, as well as you know, cameos that he had on several different shows. I mean, Carl Weathers was incredible. And his charisma and ability and, and range were both off the charts and underrated at the exact same time. And a lot of people have had a chance to say their piece on him. Uh, I'll just say, absolute legend, rest in peace. And anytime you are the protagonist, sorry, the antagonist to Rocky, who is the protagonist, obviously, of the franchise, and your goal is to be fairly unlikable, and you come off as an incredible, an incredibly likable person who's a confident athlete. I mean, he really nailed whatever they were going for with Apollo Creed, I mean, I just don't see how anybody else could have played Apollo Creed. And when you think about that, and then you think about, but he also was the only person who probably could have played Jeff Peterson. Now we're talking about a guy who's maybe a genius more, more than you know about. And again, regardless, a lot of people are huge fans of his work, including me, and very sad. It's one of those people that you don't know that is obviously a little bit further along in life. He was no longer a young man, but you're still very shocked and very sad to hear that they're, they're no longer with us. So again, everybody's had a chance to say something about the passing of Carl Weathers, and, and we would have done a pot about it, and I just certainly want to mention on the pot. Now, the rest of this stuff's a lot more trivial than obviously somebody moving on. But if I go, but I believe it could be still chronologically... It's got to be Theo Theo Epstein coming to the Red Sox being what would have been the biggest story of the week. Theo Epstein came to the Red Sox as an incredibly young general manager, helped the Red Sox win their first World Series in 86 years back in 04. And Theo's run with the Red Sox was incredible. And then he went to the Cubs and did the same thing, helping a team that hadn't won since 1908, I believe helping them win their first World Series in like 108 years. An even bigger curse in terms of the length of time, a bigger drought certainly. 
Theo Epstein then went on to help Major League Baseball make several improvements in terms of the rate of play and the quality of watching the game, including the pitch clock. Now that he's essentially helped to save baseball, at least point it back in the right direction, he's buying into the Fenway Sports Group, which as recently as like five days ago, myself, Jeremy Johnson from Man Cook Good, Andrew Patterson, we were lambasting, and we were by far not alone, lambasting the Red Sox ownership for being disingenuous, for being cheap, for spending bad money after good, and refusing to spend good money after good. And then we got a tweet that this guy, Theo Epstein, is coming back in an advisory role as a part owner, and everybody does a 180. And if I had my phone on me now, which I don't, which would never have happened back in the day, I would read you some of the texts before the Theo news broke from the sports jerks and since. And you got to, at the very least, give Theo Epstein the benefit of the doubt, even if he's not in charge of baseball operations. This is set up so that he basically... If this doesn't work out with those who are, he can slide right in, or he can help them avoid that. So really excited about that news. The Lewis Hamilton news, Lewis Hamilton news, excuse me, is, as the Brits say, mega. You've got a seven-time world champion whose team was dominant until about three seasons ago whose team was battling for second or third the last two years with Ferrari. And Ferrari probably is a faster qualifying car and a faster car that does worse on race pace consistently. A Mercedes car was flawed in terms of top speed and qualifying ability. You've got basically the most storied team that's also in a championship drought in the history of F1 picking up at the back of his prime or in his post-prime but still incredibly effective, Lewis Hamilton. And you're doing it very publicly and very early. And that sets up a 2024 F1 season in which Lewis is a lame duck driver at Mercedes in theory. And Carlos Sainz, who will be leaving Ferrari, is going to be a lame duck driver at Ferrari. But both those teams have big aspirations to try to challenge Red Bull and certainly challenge each other for the top of the Constructors' Championship and for the Drivers' Championships. That's going to be wild news. And again, Everybody's weighed in, but it's about as big of a sports story as you can get. I don't think it, too many motorsports, even elite motorsports champions could have driven that type of public news. And, and the fact that it's Lewis going to a team like Mercedes, excuse me, leaving a team like Mercedes, going to a team like Ferrari, the fact that it's actually Mercedes and Ferrari, two globally well-known brands, that's big time. And if this works out for Lewis and Ferrari, and he wins a championship. He'll have won an eighth championship, which would be a record. But he also will have won it with three different teams. He won one with McLaren, six drivers' championships with Mercedes. And I don't think anybody's ever won it with three different teams. So that, that bodes watching. And that would have been his own podcast. And then we come down to this Tracy Chapman performance at the Grammys. And very simply, she still got it. She was incredible. And the crowd was electric with her out there performing it with my dude who's doing it now. Is it Luke Bryan? Oof, all those country artists, man. I think it's Luke Bryan. I'm not even going to check it out. I don't have time. You can hear Charlotte in the background. It's 601. But, man, for Tracy Chapman to not perform in years, come out and slay it at the Grammys, and then have 
iTunes shoot that thing to number one, like we're talking Stranger Things, um, running up the hill Kate Bush style, but a way more well-known song in its own right here, Fast Car, than Running Up the Hill. And to get that Running Up the Hill popular culture moment treatment, ooh-wee. And I mean, everybody in the, in the crowd, including Taylor Swift, who when, when she's in the crowd, has to be shown, was rocking out to that song. And real quick on the Taylor Swift thing, listen, the, I believe she won Best Album of the Year for the fourth time ever. I think she's the first person to ever do that. Um, she clearly likes that song. She clearly is very comfortable in her own skin doing whatever she feels like. So if she wants to sing up during the show and she wants to sing all the words out loud of Fast Car, well, number one, she's earned the right to do it. Number two, she's comfortable enough to do it. Number three, if CBS wants to show it, that's their business. And clearly she's TV gold. But the point is, deep down, Taylor Swift is a songwriter. And deep down, Taylor Swift is a music fan as well as a performer. And Tracy Chapman, appearing on that stage, gave everybody, including music fan, songwriter, and performer, music lover, Taylor Swift, something to sing about, something to be happy about, something to reminisce about, something to stand up about. So, like a lot of people have made good points recently, if you're upset about what Taylor Swift is doing or the fact that CBS wants to show her doing it, that's a you problem. Um, but to make it back about Tracy Chapman, the ability of her appearance and performance to move people's emotions and lift them out of their seats, literally, including the alpha, alpha, alpha list of musical performers and pop stars, man, as Roscoe P. told me last night, Tracy Chapman is massively underrated. And she is. And again, this would have been a whole podcast about Tracy Chapman if we had the time that we had a few years ago. And this is not at all saying I wish I had that time again. Because I like the fact that I'm going to probably throw on some coffee and run upstairs and get up Charlotte. I like the fact that she got up super early. I like the fact that how meta that is, uh, not only for the pod, but you know, it's you get to see her sooner. So I don't care. It's great. But four things that would have been their own podcast when they all happen within seven days of each other and we haven't done a podcast in seven days you gotta get up early you gotta talk about those things so you know again we're gonna miss Carl Weathers we're gonna see what Theo can do to get these Red Sox righted but I think the real fans of the Red Sox are willing to now give it a chance and we were all about to jump off the boat not officially jump off the boat but we were about to start complaining about the boat a lot more and never stop complaining about the boat until it was fixed. Theo gives us a chance to ride the ship. The Lewis Ferrari thing is going to dominate the next year plus because the ramp up is going to be so long this 24 season. Charlotte's weighing in as well. And then finally, Tracy Chapman, hats off to you. Unbelievable job. Filibuster Freestyle, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon. We can't tell you when, but hopefully it's sooner than you think. <laughs>